continuing in First Peter today, we have, uh, last week we started, I say last week, if I had planned this out better, it would have been better. The Friday of last week, we looked at the overall section in First Peter 2 and uh, the beginning of 3 about submission, right? We're going through our, our study of First Peter, and it starts in 2.13, be subject to, and then verse 18, servants be subject to masters, 3.1, wives, wives be subject to husbands. Uh, so we, start, we talked about that last Friday a bit. I encourage you to go back and watch that if you haven't. Um, this, of course, all coming back off of the the statement in two eleven and twelve, right? Uh, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, that theme is going to keep coming up over and over again. Is how this impacts our ability to influence the lost. So today we're going to talk about submission to every human institution, is what it has in the ESV. Uh, other versions have different words there, uh, but every human institution is what 2.13 is in the English Standard Version. Uh, so let's go ahead and read that, 1 Peter 2.13-17. This is the text we're going to be talking about today, uh, particularly relevant, I think, it, in our time. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor or supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. But living as servants of God, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Uh, we're going to read a parallel passage as well in... Romans 13, which is uh, Paul instead of Peter. So it, it's significant that two different writers are saying this, right? Romans 13, 1 through 4. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, for those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Now, there's a lot to unpack. Oh man, there's so much to unpack in these verses. First, let's get the, the obvious out of the way. This is something in the vein of the Proverbs, something that is generally true, but in specific situations, obviously is not, is not uh, applicable. There are times when Governments are a terror to good uh, to people who do the right thing, right? We know this. In fact, it's going to happen to Peter and Paul later on in their lives. So we know that this is a generally true statement about the government being right, uh, doing good and doing uh, uh, punishing the wrongdoer and, and uh, raising up the good person because sometimes that doesn't happen, but it generally is true. And yet the command is not subject to qualification. He just says be subject to. Be, uh, both Peter and Paul say be subject to either the governing authorities in Romans or every human institution in First uh, Peter. This is a tricky, difficult thing sometimes, particularly relevant now. Uh, yesterday, a lot, not a lot, several, you could probably saw it on the news, several different groups of people met for worship in spite of 
government mandates in various states. We know this, that this happened in several places. Some of them got punished. Some of them got arrested. Some of them got quarantined in their homes for 14 days. Some Nothing happened to some people. Uh, maybe you've all seen the story of the, the pastor in Florida who was arrested, I don't know, that must have been two weeks ago now. How do we balance, of course, the ultimate question, right? Balancing submission to the authorities with righteousness, because at times they are at odds, and they were at odds in Peter and Paul's day, and yet they don't talk about that. Isn't that interesting? In these particular texts, Peter and Paul do not talk about the exceptions. They are overall, what are they trying to do? Again, uh, we could think about Peter's overall point is very clear, is thinking about how our uh, behavior reflects on the church in the eyes of the lost. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. That's his overall instruction here. And part of keeping your conduct among the Gentiles honorable is being subject to human institutions, authorities, and governments. So when Peter is saying this, he is saying this as the general rule of thumb. The general rule of thumb is be subject. Don't let rebellion be your default state. Are there going to be times when you have to rebel against the government? Yeah, we know that. Peter did it. Paul did it. But the general state of being in order to keep your conduct honorable, and we're going to read some more of this text in a minute, is being subject to, being in submission to, which, let's be honest, is the primary default state of the Christian in general. The Christian is supposed to be by default in submission in some way, either in submission to Christ or submission to the elders or submission in the home, in the relationships we have with our spouses or with the relationship we have with our parents, or just in generally the younger submitting to the older. The default state of the Christian is always submission. It just is. There are times when we have to rebel and be not in submission, but those are the exception rather than the rule. So the the classic, not classic, a, a very poignant example of this, I, I think about that church in Kentucky. I don't know if you said this was probably three weeks ago at this point. That church in Kentucky, at the very beginning of all this, the COVID stuff, they met several people in the church, got passed around COVID, and that church's reputation in that community was just destroyed. They are never going to live it down. Never, ever going to live it. They had to take down their church Facebook page. The comments got so heated and, and, and um, can't think of the word now, not violent, vehement, uh, disruptive, uh, disparaging. The church's reputation in that community will always be, oh, they were that church that didn't take COVID seriously. And that's going to damage their ability to influence the lost probably for a generation, a whole generation of people who will remember that and will look negatively at the church. This is what he's talking about, right? Thinking about how to be in the community in a way that is beneficial and God-glorifying and something that is honorable. Now, let's read a couple of texts. There's in both Peter and Paul's writings, 1 Peter and Romans, there's some repeated themes here as to why this is so important. Uh, first of all, this is a matter, again, of reputation. Let's read these verses again. 1 Peter 2.15, as I'll check my phone. Tracy said I'm not checking my phone enough to see if people are commenting or sending me messages. 1 Peter 2.15 
For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Romans 13, 3, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. Now again, we, we know this is not always the case, but in general, the rule of thumb, the default position is, doing good will help the church silence criticism. That's generally true, right? Now, we have in 1 Peter 2.15, the criticism of the masses, the people. Romans 13.3, we have the criticism of the government. But in either case, both the, the, the solution is, is, is the same, right? Doing good. And, and in each case, what is he saying doing good is? The doing good is the submitting to the authority, right? That is the doing good of letting our default position be that we are going to submit to the authority. And by doing so, we can silence a lot of extra criticism that might be leveraged at the church, right? And again, to be clear, what's the overall point? The overall point is we want to have the ability to influence the lost, right? That is the overall point in this. It's not, it's not rocket science. We want to be able to have a good reputation in the community. If we look at the previous verses in Romans, what is he saying in Romans 14? In Romans 12, 14, the passage that is immediately before this in Romans, uh, he has this, uh, well, we begin in verse 17, Romans 12, 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Exactly what Peter said. It's almost like they're working off the same uh, set of notes because the Holy Spirit inspired both, right? Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably at all. Then he says the thing about never avenging yourselves. Uh, Romans 12, 21, do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. The idea of being subject to the governing authorities or being subject to human institutions, both in Peter's writing and Paul's writing, have to do with this doing honorable in the sight of all. These are things that matter for our ability to influence the lost in our communities. Uh, the second point that he makes here, uh, both, both authors, this is a matter of conscience. It's not just a matter of reputation, but it's a matter of conscience as well. 1 Peter 2.16 and Romans 13.5 Live as people who are free, not using freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Romans 13, 5, therefore one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Uh, there is a, 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 a sense in which we have, let me rephrase that. There is the potential with any freedom to abuse it. The freedom of the... New Testament Christian, freedom from the law and these systems of law and all of these things that we used to be bound to that we're not, and the freedom that we have in whatever institution, uh, not institution, whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever country we find ourselves in. Of course, various countries have various levels of freedom, right? But his point is the same regardless. Your first primary consideration needs to be living as servants of God, not, not having this freedom to, well, I don't have to do that because I'm a Christian. 
right? Isn't that what he's saying in this verse as he's applying this to being in subjection to the government? Well, I'm I'm really a citizen of heaven. I don't really belong here. I don't need to obey the government. That's the, uh, the, the scenario that he's laying out. He spent so much time saying, oh, don't worry about not belonging on this earth. This is not really your home. You're looking for something better in heaven. But don't let that distract you or be an excuse for not doing what's good on this earth. Oh, I, I don't, I'm a citizen of heaven. I don't have to obey your laws. Well, that's not how it works, right? Don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but be servants of God. Excuse me. So when Peter, or Paul rather then, what does Paul say? One must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. We're not just doing the bare minimum, right? And, and I've said this in a lot of ways, in a lot of different times. Christianity is not about doing the bare minimum. It is about doing the most maximum, doing it to the best of our abilities, right? That's what we're trying to do, is do things to the best of our abilities. And that includes being in subjection to the to the human institutions of the government. We're not just doing lip service. He says that about the masters, right? Not just as, as people pleasers, but as those who are serving God. Now, I want to make a very important point here. Let's go back to this. Both of them say, uh, or as governor sent by him to, uh, let's see here. Well, it's actually uh, Paul who says it. For there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. I, I like this phrase. I heard it from a guy at the lectures. You can't quote Romans 13 when the guy you like is in power and Revelation 13 which is talking about the beast, right? You can't quote Revelation 13 when the guy you don't like is in power. If this verse applies to the people that we like, the governors and the rulers that we like, it also applies to the governors and the rulers we don't like. Okay? I, I cannot stress that enough. Whatever happens in the 2020 election, you can't suddenly throw this verse out the window if the guy you like loses. Because again... And I cannot stress this enough. This was written when Nero was in charge. Nero was not a good guy. He was not a pleasant individual. And he didn't really particularly like Christians. But what are they saying? Still be subject to the authorities. So we can't pick and choose when we apply this verse. It's very difficult sometimes. I think about Christians in Zimbabwe who have had to, to really grapple with this verse. Loy uh, Tracy's grandfather for years and years and years in Zimbabwe and then suddenly the government changes and now there's a tyrant and a despot and he's driven out of the country that didn't suddenly give him a right to 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 treat the government with disdain right he was still subject to and and again we understand that there's a balance between the righteousness and the and the uh, submission there are instances when you're going to have to disobey but even then there's a, a matter in which we can disobey in a way that is not disdainful or we can rebel in a way that is not cruel or dismissive or arrogant because he also does talk a lot about uh, our attitudes, right? This is in some ways, uh, uh, our attitudes matter in this too. So 1 Peter 2.17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Uh, Romans 13.7 Pay to all what is owed them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Again, 
Now, it's interesting. Peter is more all-inclusive. Paul is more uh, situational. That's not the right word. Um, but in either case, what is the attitude that's being presented here? Honor is a key word in, in each of these texts, right? Honor is a key word here. Uh, we could look up the definition of honor here. Uh, we think about to estimate in respect, to hold in estimation, to respect, to uh, give honor to. This is the Greek word that I'm looking up here. To treat with honor, to show consideration towards, to treat graciously. A lot of different ways this verse is translated here. It's not just about what we do, but how we do it. Right? We're not just giving lip service. We are also doing it with honor and respect. We're showing a certain amount of, of deference to, and, and again, this is fundamental in the idea of be subject to, to put oneself under or to put oneself under the influence of. Right. So when we think about these verses here, and I say fairness, I put a matter of fairness here, and I've said this before. Actually said at the beginning, when you signed up to be a Christian, you automatically signed up to a system of submission and being subject to. When we sign up to be Christians, we're signing up to be subject to God's will. And if God is saying through the apostles here to honor these individuals or these groups of people, as a matter of our subjection to God, we do this, right? Uh, so the taxes thing is interesting, the honoring the emperor. And again, the emperor who is not a particularly good guy at the time, honor to whom honor is owed. There's no way to do this with a negative rebellious attitude and still be doing it in the way that Peter and Paul talk about it. Uh, and again, I cannot stress this enough. This does not just apply when you like the ruler, whoever it happens to be. This applies no matter who is in charge. It's hard to submit in a way that is righteous with the right attitude without having resentment or bitterness in our hearts, right? That's the thing we're struggling with, I think, right now. And why we're seeing a lot of churches who are not following the various mandates is I think there's bitterness and there's fear, perhaps, there's fear perhaps that God is over uh, that the government is overstepping that there's going to be more restrictions perhaps placed on Christians. I think that's a fear that people have that people are are going to overstep and Christians are going to be restricted, but that's that's not what hap is happening right now. And I don't think that's what's going to happen in the future in our country. This is happening because of a disease and an illness for safety, for public safety. And when the public, the matter of safety is over, this will pass and we'll go back to worshiping. We'll go back to the public assembly. Nobody's going to take your right to assemble publicly. This is a matter of health and safety for us all. So I, I would really urge us at this time not to stress about what's going to happen in the future with public assembly, because I think this is just a temporary thing. And we submit to it now as a matter of safety and also as a matter of submitting to the government. We submit to it now because it is a thing that is honorable in the sight of all and a matter of reputation. And, and that's what we're doing. Let's end with a prayer. God, I ask you, please be with us through this time. Help us to have a good attitude, a righteous attitude about submitting to the government in this time and the things that the 
the government is asking us to do, that things that are uncomfortable and maybe we don't like, give us a willing spirit and a humble attitude and a righteous attitude as we try to reach out to the lost and seek those who are we are able to influence. In Jesus' name, amen.